You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 114. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. And as always, it is a pleasure and an honor to have you here for the next 20, 30 minutes or so. Today, we're going to talk about cognitive dissonance. Now, this is the third time I've shot this episode, and so far, I have not exactly been doing backflips over <laughs> what's come out the other side. And normally, I do not resuit podcasts. It's very, it's a very firm rule I have. But this time, I thought, you know what? Not only am I going to reshoot it twice, I'm going to reshoot it a third time. Because it's that important that I really get this idea of cognitive dissonance out to you so that you can fully understand it and realize it in your own life. And you can begin to notice where you are going to have it and where it's going to show up. When you feel something off inside of you, when your behaviors don't match up to what you say you're doing, when you go around and tell people you're a good student, but then you go out and you drink the night before, you don't study and you cheat off of your classmate, when you say that you're a good partner in a relationship and then you ignore your partner in order to go out and do the drinking and go out and hang out with your friends. There's an energy you feel when what you say doesn't match up with what you believe about yourself. And when you're going to really run into this a lot is going to be when you're in a social circle and you find yourself behaving in a way that keeps you within the social circle, within the tribe, but it's not your beliefs about how you should behave do not match up with your actual behavior. If you want to go back into high school and think about some of the more um, upper tier cliques, I don't even know if I should have said upper tier because I'm not really sure there's a level here, but we all know what I'm talking about. The jocks or whoever, the the cheerleaders, whoever in your high school was sort of the, the, you know, the upper echelon, everybody, the mean girls kind of people, right? And if you found yourself having an opportunity to get involved in one of those cliques and then you turned your back on your previous best friend and y'all had been, you know, studying all the time in the library and now all of a sudden you're hanging out with the cool kids on the football field during lunch, whatever. I'm trying to use an example here that doesn't seem to offend people and I don't even know if I'm accomplishing that. And I've got 150 countries listening. So think about whatever was the cool people in your high school. And was there ever a time where you saw somebody join that clique or maybe you joined that clique and then you started treating people who you had been friends with with disrespect? That's a cognitive dissonance is what you're feeling inside when what you really want to behaving like, when you really, like your behavior is that person's cool. I was their friend for so long and now I'm treating them badly. Your actions don't match up with your beliefs. You know and deep down inside that that person is a good person and they're cool to you even if they're not cool to the whole school and now they're being treated unfairly. We've all seen this happen. Whenever you allow bullying to happen in front of you, you're not as bad as the perpetrator of the bullying, but you certainly uh, are going to be feeling cognitive dissonance if you don't say something, step up and help out, at least be a, a shoulder to lean on when everybody starts to disperse and that person is just sitting there feeling humiliated and, and 
and just racked with all this negative energy inside of them. And you've seen this happen, and there's a very good chance that you're witnessing it in college as well. Obviously, it's a much bigger social circle, so you're not going to necessarily feel the same way towards the the athletes and the cheerleaders and people of that nature, but you're certainly going to see where people are getting picked on. And you may not be somebody who normally picks on people, but in order to be included with the cool people at the time, you jump in and you say some things, and now all of a sudden like the beliefs that you're a good person are not matching up with your actions of saying not-so-nice things uh, about this person. And that's what you're experiencing in those moments. It's cognitive dissonance. And when you feel this incongruence, when you feel this cognitive dissonance within yourself, this is your opportunity to really have the self-awareness to ask yourself, why are you behaving the way that you are? Why are your actions not lining up with your beliefs about who you are? Now, before we dive into how you can begin to repair cognitive dissonance inside of yourself... I want to get into what exactly cognitive dissonance is so you really get an idea of the definitions that we're playing around here. You're going to hear me saying the word incongruence a lot. This is a lack of consistency or appropriateness within yourself. has an inappropriate effect that you might have on someone because of your behavior. When you evaluate your situation and it's what you have going on inside your mind isn't what's actually going on in the external reality this would be an incongruence. When you feel an incongruency, when you're having this experience of incongruency, um, there will be a distance between the perceived self and the ideal self. When you have this discomfort, this anxiety, this stress, this frustration around who you perceive yourself to be in the moment versus this idealized self that you have inside your head. I'm a good student is an idealized version of yourself. What you perceive when you go out drinking the night before a test is that you're not being a good student. And this is where you have this incongruence. When you tell your parents, yeah, I'm studying all the time, and you're really out at the bars every night, that's an incongruency. So when you think of cognitive dissonance, dissonance is its state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes especially as relating to behavioral decisions. So go back and hear that again. Inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes relating to your behaviors. So you say you're one thing, but you're behaving like another. The thoughts you have about yourself aren't in line with your actual behaviors. I'm in control of my drinking could be a thought you have, but then your behavior is getting you know ramshackled on Jaeger bombs and, and Irish car bombs all night and finding yourself face down in a toilet by midnight. You're having a cognitive dissonance because what you believe about yourself isn't in alignment with your actions. When you think about what cognitive is, it's just a, another word for cognition, which is the mental action or process of acquiring knowledge and understanding through thought experiences in your senses. So you experience things, you have thoughts about them, and all of these experiences are coming in through your five senses, touch, taste, sight, sound, smell. They become your experiences, which turn into these internal images and short movies you have, and that's what your thoughts are made of, of these experiences and everything that comes in through your senses. 
So it's the mental action or process of acquiring knowledge through your thoughts, experiences, and senses. And then dissonance is a lack of harmony. It's a tension or clash resulting from the combination of two harmonious elements. Dissonance is, honestly, it's it's used a lot in music, but this isn't a music podcast. It's a success habits podcast. So we're going to stick with how dissonance works with cognition. So with dissonance, if you think of examples, it's a baby crying, a person screaming, an alarm going off, right? These sounds are annoying, disruptive, or they put the listener on edge. So think, take that part out. when Right there, let's pull it out. Dissonance, when sounds are annoying, disruptive, or put a listener on edge. Now let's replace sounds with our mental action or process of acquiring knowledge and understanding through thoughts, experiences, and the senses. Now all of a sudden it's that when our mental actions and our processes of acquiring knowledge, these thoughts, these experiences, these senses begin to cause this annoyance, this disruption, putting you on edge. So what you're thinking about yourself isn't matching up with your actions, and it puts you on edge. That's where we get cognitive dissonance. When you feel this overwhelming sense of discomfort inside of yourself because your your behaviors aren't in alignment with what you think about yourself, you're going to have cognitive dissonance. This cognitive dissonance is pretty, I mean, my research, of course, went a little too absurd on this, but there's somebody by the name of Festinger. Now, in my notes, when I tried to dive into a little bit more about who Festinger was, um, that's when I got myself in this whole wormhole, and I was like, okay, we're just going to pull ourselves right out of that madness and just stick with his name. Cognitive dissonance was first investigated by a gentleman named Leon Festinger. And when he discovered this, his theory suggests that we have an inner drive to hold our attitudes and behaviors in harmony and avoid and avoid disharmony or dissonance. So this is the principle of cognitive consistency. That when we, we want to hold our attitudes and our behaviors in harmony. This would be our beliefs and our actions. Right, the attitude you have about yourself, the beliefs you have about yourself, are they in harmony with your behaviors and in your actions? When there's this inconsistency, you seek to eliminate the dissonance, the disharmony. This is very important because if you consistently go around feeling this cognitive dissonance, then you're going to at some point have to face the music. <laughs> Funny that I use that as the metaphor, you're going to have to face the music and eventually get yourself in alignment. How do you get yourself in alignment? So we understand cognitive dissonance now, right? It's the way that we've experienced the world. It's the way that our brain is processing. It's this cognition. The dissonance is the disharmony between our actions and our beliefs about who we are. There are our attitudes versus our behaviors. When you find yourself feeling this discomfort, feeling this stress, this paranoia, this anxiety inside of yourself, you can seek to remedy it. And this is how you're going to do that. So first, you fully understand that you have actions and beliefs, and there's an inconsistency between those two. There's an incongruence. It doesn't match up. They're not in harmony. This creates the dissonance, 
when you find yourself in this position, you have three options for what you can do to remedy the, this cognitive dissonance. You can change the belief that you have. So if you believe that you're a good student, but you go out drinking every night, then you have a cognitive dissonance because you obviously you're going out drinking every night. That's not what a good student does. So you can change your belief, and then your belief could be that you're the hardest partier on campus. Now, being the hardest partier on campus, going out and drinking every night absolutely creates harmony. You say you're a partier, you go out and party. Boom, shakalaka, all said and done. Now, is that going to be the best pathway for your life? No, not at all. But at least you don't have cognitive dissonance. <laughs> if your belief is that you're a healthy person, but your action is of eating fast food every day, you can change the belief and say that you're, you're a very unhealthy person. And then the actions of eating fast food would be in alignment. Is that good for your long-term health? No. If you believe that you're a hard partier, but your actions are going to the library and studying every night, you're going to have cognitive dissonance. And you might be doing this with your friends to seem cooler than you are. Oh, yeah, man, I was out at the bar. I was partying, getting hammered, just hitting on tons of people. It was just the most amazing time. And you're really sitting at the library till 4 in the morning so you could get an A on the test. You're going to have a cognitive dissonance because you're blatantly lying to people about your partying when you're actually very much a studier. So stop believing that you need to impress your friends with partying and then instead believe that your friends will support you whenever you study all night and get good grades and then that's in alignment with studying all night to get good grades. I, I really want to make sure I hammer home that changing the belief, a lot of the times we'll lie to people about certain things that we do when in reality we're off doing something completely different that's actually good for us. Especially in college, if you find yourself in a fraternity or sorority or just hanging out with a bunch of hard partiers, you know, guys, I remember doing this in the fraternity house, you know, bragging about how many girls I hit on and things of that nature. When in reality, I was just hanging out with my brothers all night and being really friendly with the girls I was already really friendly with. And then, you know, ate some pizza at two in the morning and went to bed. But the next day I had to sound cool. So I would, you know, talk them up, talk up a big game so that people would believe that I was a ladies man. When in reality, I was just a cool dude, just chilling about. Why was I? Why would I do that? Just to be perceived as cool. The older you get, the less, you, the more you realize, the less people really thought that kind of behavior was cool, anyways. So I had a cognitive dissonance then. And as I got older, I realized that hey, my belief is that you know I'm a fun guy, but the number one goal every single night isn't to have a new woman in my bed. My action was of just going out to the bar and having a good time and chilling out with my friends. I didn't have a cognitive dissonance because I just believed that I was going to the bar to have a good time with friends. No need to change a belief there. I can't possibly give you all of the different ways that you'll be able to utilize cognitive dissonance and changing the belief. There's an infinite, there's just an infinite different varieties I could come up with here. You need to say, ask yourself, is what you believe in alignment with your actions? And if it's not, should you change the belief? If changing the belief isn't the answer, then you change the action. If you believe that you're a good student, but you go out and get drunk every night, then simply stop going out and getting drunk every night and start studying every night. Now your action matches up with the belief that you're a good student. If you want to be in a long-term loving relationship and you believe that 
you are worthy of love, but your actions are nothing but hitting on random people in one night stands, then simply change the action, change the behavior, get to know people, talk to them, actually pay attention to what's going on. Don't make the the goal of the night to go home with a different person, make it to be to get to know someone better. And then that's in alignment with the belief you have that you want to be in a long-term relationship. And then the third way that you can begin to change the cognitive dissonance going on inside of you is change your perception around the actions. If you believe that you're a good student, but you go out and you get drunk a couple nights a week, now that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not a good student. It just means that you know you went out and you, un- you unwound, you chilled out, you relaxed. So now you could change the perception around that action and be like, well, I studied really hard last night and I got a good grade on the test today. Now I can go out and I can reward myself with a nice dinner with my friends or whatever that might look like for you. You change the perception of the action. If you think anyone who drinks isn't a good student and then you want to go out and have a celebratory glass of wine or beer because you got a good grade, right now all of a sudden there's going to be a cognitive dissonance because you've previously held to, to the belief that good students do not drink. And now you want to go out and get drunk. Now you just want to have a drink. So that action goes against the belief. So change your perception about the action. A good student can study all night and then go reward themselves with a good time with their friends. Change the perception about the action. You know, if you think all good friends are there for their friends anytime they need them, right? And that's your belief. So your action is anytime somebody calls you up and needs something, you drop what's important to you and you run to their aid. And now you're not taking care of the things that are important in your life. Change the perception you have around that action. That, you know, it could be the belief that a good friend is there for their friends um, as often as they can be without completely disrupting their life, right? So now you've changed the belief and you can go off and you can begin to change the action where, you know, just because somebody says jump, you don't say how high. But whenever you do run to their aid, you change the perception. You say, okay, well, I'm not being a people pleaser as much as I'm just taking care of my friend because right now they really need me. So you change the perception you have about the action. The reason why the fourth one isn't change the perception you have around the belief is that when you start to shift the perception you have around the belief, you're actually shifting the belief. So therefore, it's changing belief is it. The the action of picking up the phone and calling your mom every night, you could see that as being a doubtful kid. And that could be your action. A doubtful kid calls their parents every night. That's what you believe. So the action is calling them every night, right? But then your perception around that action could be that um, you are calling them too much. And because you're calling them too much, you're not out there um, growing your own wings and getting to know people. So then you start to change your perception about the action. Okay, a good kid can also um, not call their parents every night, right? Now I accidentally just changed the belief. And now you get just and so now whenever you do call once or twice a week and it used to be once every single day, just change your perception around that action. I can still be a good kid to my parents. I don't have to call every single day. And then you your perception around not calling every single day is that you're still a good kid. If you want to call every day, by all means call every day. But you see how easy it was to start actually shifting belief in there? Belief tends to be the one that 
uh, people are most hesitant to go off and shift, you would think it'd be action. And I I know that for some of you, you might say, no, it's much easier for me to change my behaviors. Behaviors are habituated, but beliefs, they can be anchored into your identity. And when you start trying to tinker with things anchored into your identity, they can really get stuck in some serious concrete and rebar. You're going to find it to be not so it's not breaking any kind of habit, especially one that's dug itself in, right? It could be good or bad. It could be going to the gym every single day at 5 a.m. You know, then all of a sudden something shifts in your life and you're not able to do it. And you're, you you don't feel good energetically because you've been going to the gym every day at 5 a.m. for years. I remember this in high school, watching my friends who were swimmers, you know, from freshman year to senior year, they were up at like 5 a.m. swimming in a pool and then they go off to college and all of a sudden that's not their life anymore. It was very difficult for them to, to be okay with the fact that that habit was taken away from them because they aren't on a high school swim team anymore. Just as you know, much as um, the action of going out and getting drunk every night can be very difficult to break because it just eventually just becomes your habituated behavior. So while actions are very habituated and can be difficult to change, beliefs those can get rooted into your identity. And now you're talking next level self-awareness in order to be able to break those up. If it's a relatively new belief or action that you're, you're seeking to harmonize, you will find it easier. But if it's something that you have been holding on to for quite some time, I'm just giving you the heads up. It's not impossible. People break habits all the time. People change beliefs every single day. You're just going to have to be more self-aware and willing to go through some discomfort when you're shifting long-held beliefs or long-held um, actionable behaviors. The longer you've been doing it, the more your synapses, the more your brain has built up this super highway be- between the the trigger, the cue, the anchor, and the action. And when you go to shift that action that has been, you know, just this super highway in your brain says, nope, nope, nope. When we get stressed, the action is to get drunk because we believe that um, you are less stressed out when you're drunk. And if you do this for years, now all of a sudden that belief is, I feel less stressed when I'm drunk. The action is get drunk. And that actually can end up biting you in the ass because it causes you to feel more stressed. You feel hungover. You didn't take care of the things you were supposed to the night before. And now you have more stress. And now it just becomes this feedback loop where drinking becomes your way out of anything that's emotionally uncomfortable. But if you've just been doing it for a relatively short amount of time, you will find it substantially easier to break because you haven't built that superhighway in your brain. The whole point of discussing cognitive dissonance, and I'm not, I, let me pull that back. That's not the whole point. There are so many points. But when I, as I'm wrapping up this episode, what's been something I've noticed in me is that lately is that some of the things that I believe that I have been super entrenched in and that I follow on a regular basis, beliefs that I had had habituated into actions aren't actually always showing up as these habituated actions I hoped they would. I'm saying one thing, but I'm holding an internal belief and there's this cognitive dissonance going on. So I'm working on that with myself and it got me to think, okay, well, what was that like in college? calling up my parents and telling them that I was a good student and I was studying all the time and I was really taking all their money and going out and getting wasted. There was a cognitive dissonance and eventually it caught on, you know, like when report cards went home, 
you know, to to go around and you know to uh, tell people, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a uh, I'm a telecommunications major and I'm going to be a sports broadcasting journalist, and then I wasn't even going to those classes anymore. I was skipping them in favor of going to Dill Street at 2 p.m. and getting drunk and playing pool, cognitive dissonance. And I thought, well, if I was experiencing it then, I know you're experiencing it now. Notice it in your social circles. Notice it whenever you go around saying one thing to your social circle but believing something else inside your head. Like, nerds are dorks, man. And then you find yourself sitting in the library at the same table with those people you call nerds studying right beside them because you want to get good grades, too. Your actions of punking on them in the hallway is not lining up with your belief that those people have it right and studying is the way to success. Notice where you become more self-aware of your cognitive dissonance. Where is that energy in you? Where do you feel an incongruency, a disharmony? And then ask yourself, is the action not aligning with the belief? Is the belief not aligning with the action? And which one is more beneficial to change? The belief, the action, or your perception around the action? And when you really begin to notice this within yourself and practice it on a regular basis, you will absolutely begin to see your empowerment and your highest sense of self break through and it will blow your mind. As always, my friends, it's an honor and privilege to have you here for this half an hour. If you love the way I'm talking about this stuff, if this material is connecting to you, you want to know more about it, you'd love to get into a group-like atmosphere and learn it, perhaps discuss with me some ways that you can do some one-on-one coaching so you can really step into your highest sense of self in college, out of college, post-grad, in your 30s, in high school, whatever it might be make sure you jump over to Instagram at Jesse Mogul, send me a DM, jump on my call link and my bio links, get yourself a scheduled time. My assistant Emily will be more than happy to help you out. If you DM me and you have any questions, you can find her at Emily at com. Please, by all means, reach out. Look, it's your time. Stand up, step forward, raise your hand and I will call on you. Inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. See you again next week, my friends. Bye-bye.